Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Carol Perlman, a psychologist, health coach, and married mom of two boys. I went from a frazzled working mother who hit snooze until the last possible moment to a vibrant business owner who jumps out of bed at 5 a.m. excited about my day. I once felt completely overwhelmed by my endless task list, but have learned to work smarter, not harder, by studying health habits, mindset, and time management. I love to teach others how to implement top recommendations for health, happiness, and success. Yes, busy moms can follow a nutrition plan that supports their goals, create a daily exercise routine, and stay on top of their to-do list, and go to bed feeling fantastic about the day. Tune in each week as I share my best strategies for creating and sustaining daily habits for a healthy lifestyle, and chat with other experts in the health and wellness industry. Now on to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Carol Perlman, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode. As I record this, it's March, and there is light at the end of the tunnel, literally and figuratively. We are entering spring. We are saying farewell to this long, dark winter, at least for those of us here in the Northeast. And I don't know about you, but I am beyond excited to to enter into the spring season. And what I wanted to talk about today was the transition that we go through as we shift from one season to another. And there's this idea, and I'm going to be honest with you, I've not been great about this, but I know people who are And it's something that I'm working on doing better. And I thought I would share some of the strategies that I'm thinking about in the hopes that it might help you as well. But we basically have two options. We could kind of just carry on and one season changes into another and the life, you know, the, um, I don't know, the course of our life just goes on and we just kind of react to the changes and figure it out day to day. But I imagine and I happen to know that that doesn't really work out super well because we end up feeling rather frenzied when we when we are just reacting to situations, we feel frenzied, we are less efficient, less productive, and we just at the end of the day don't feel as good. We feel more anxious. So what is the alternative? The alternative is to rely on intention a little bit of planning, a little bit of thought, a little bit of an investment in time so that you can go in this case, you, I mean, cause you can apply this to a lot of different things, but in this case, we're talking about going into a new season with intention so that you can plan for some of the changes that might be taking place and also set yourself up for success and to get out of this season of the year that what you want to get out of it. So that's been my new goal. I haven't done the best job over the years at this. And I know some people in the business world who talk a lot about this are really thinking carefully as we shift. They talk a lot about uh, as you shift from the end of the school year into summer mode. For most people, that's a really shift in the, a really big shift in the, the flow of the household. And I know I didn't do a great job last year and I vowed to myself, I will not put myself in that position again. So I'm definitely going to be working on that at the end of spring. But I got to thinking that really we should do this with every season because there are a lot of changes that do take place and we will thrive more if we are mindful and planning and go into it with more intention. So I'm going to talk about six different categories today that will that may be affected by this shift into the spring season so that we can start thinking about it 
and making some adjustments. So I'm going to throw a lot of ideas at you. I wouldn't expect that you would implement all of them, but I want you to just listen and see what catches your attention, see what feels especially relevant for you and jot down some notes. Uh, not if you're driving. If you're driving, then you're going to have to go back and take some notes afterwards. But if you're not driving, then pull out a piece of paper and a pen or take out your phone and just jot some notes in your notepad that you want to work on so that you go into the spring season with intention and set yourself up to really thrive. So let's talk about the first thing. Obviously, one of the biggest things on our mind is the time change. So we moved the clocks back um, Um, Well, it's been a little bit over a week ago at this point. And so we are now seeing more daylight at the end of the day, which is so exciting. And sunset is getting later and later. I think we're at about 645 here in the Boston area. And that's just so exciting because it was 415 or 430 in the earlier parts of the winter. I'm just double checking. It's actually 659 today, seven o'clock. That's really exciting. So we have this bonus. This bonus um, extra time of daylight at the end of the day. So what does that mean for us? So one thing, let's first talk about sleep. I know, I mean, I know that when we change the clocks and we lose an hour of sleep, it really can be very disruptive. If, if your sleep was a little fragile to begin with, then it can really be disruptive when we make this time change. Hopefully it's starting to settle down. I find that usually it takes about a week. So hopefully by now, you are starting to settle in, but I'm going to just remind you of some of the basic, what we call sleep hygiene tips that may be especially helpful now as we're still at the tail end of that adjustment. But one of the, one of the best things you can do to protect your sleep and set yourself up for a good quality sleep is to try to go to bed at approximately the same time every night and then wake up at approximately the same time every morning. So that means you got to do some thinking and really plan out, okay, when do I need to wake up in order to be ready for my day? How many hours of sleep do I want to get? And then work your way backwards and figure out, okay, what time do I need to be asleep in order to get that amount of rest? And then you got to work backwards one more time because you can't expect your body to hop into bed and then be sound asleep the next minute. We got to give it some downtime. So I always recommend that you then back up two hours from your planned bedtime And set that as the time when you cut yourself off. So you cut off all expectations for productivity, for doing work, for being on your computer, for checking email, for cleaning up the house, even helping kids, helping other people in the house. At that point, you are done and it's time to go into relaxation mode and just do something fun and enjoyable and start slowing your body and your mind down and getting yourself ready for sleep so that by the time you get into bed, and you approach that desired bedtime, you, you, your mind and your body are ready for sleep. I believe I talk about this in other episodes. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll go back and check the exact number when we talk more about sleep routines um, and the miracle morning, of course, that's going to help you on the other end. So that's number one is really working on your routine so that you can stabilize your sleep and really maximize that because we all know that when we don't sleep well, we just don't feel great and everything else feels harder. Our concentration is worse. Our attention is worse. Our food cra- cravings shift. And so then our nutrition tends to suffer and then our health goals tend to suffer. So, so many things happen while we sleep and it's really a huge anchor for our health habits. 
I want to mention one other thing. I've talked about this before in the podcast, but I'm such a big believer that I want to mention it again. And it's an app that I use to help me. Well, I initially started using it when I wanted to reset my wake time and wake up a little bit earlier. It's called the Sleep Cycle app. And you do have to sleep with your phone next to you. So that's the only downside because it does track your sleep through your breathing patterns. But what it will do, you can set a range during which you want to wake up. So for me, I set it between 530 and six. And it it prompts the alarm to go off at the time of your sleep cycle when you are going to be more easily able to awaken. I believe that's during the REM cycle because, or the REM stage, because I always remember my dreams. So I encourage you to try it. You can download it. It's free and it really and truly works and has helped me tremendously because when you're trying to wake up out of a deep, deep sleep, it feels awful. You're going to be more prone to hit that snooze button and it's going to be hard to reach your goal of awake time. So I find that the sleep cycle app really does help. Okay, so let's move on to number two, which is going back to this idea that we have more daylight at the end of the day. So how do you want to use it? And knowing that, knowing that the sun's going to be out longer, does that prompt you to change the order in which you do things so that you can take advantage of it? So what I have in mind here is that you save that time at the end of the day to get outside. It's actually been recommended. There was a great episode on sleep that I did a couple of weeks ago with Devin Burke, who's a sleep expert. And he was talking about the importance of getting outside in the morning to help set your circadian rhythm and uh, create some biological changes that then make it easier to sleep at night. So I do like to get out in the morning, but my schedule allows that and I can do that at around 7.15 and still be ready for work. But if you are someone who has to be out of the house earlier in the morning or it just doesn't work for you in the morning, then do you want to save some of that late afternoon time to get outside, go for a walk and enjoy the fresh air and the sunshine? And so plan strategically and do some of the things that you might have done later in the day earlier when the sun isn't out or when you're not able to get outside and just do that swap so that you're maximizing that sunshine and able to get outside and take advantage of it. We feel so much better. Do you notice that? I know that I do, that when I'm outside and I get fresh air and sunshine on my face, I just feel so much better. My mood is better and I'm just overall happier. I love the idea of having an evening walk, walking routine. It could be before you make dinner. It could be maybe you make dinner and have everything ready and then go for a walk. Or maybe you make it a routine even with some family members that after dinner you go outside and take a walk. It doesn't have to be super fast because I know you're digesting food, but it can actually help with digestion and be a really nice way to end the day. And it's a great way to get some extra steps in. So I, I have even been known to do both. I do like to get a chunk of my steps out of the way in the morning because otherwise it feels like I'm playing catch up and it feels really overwhelming. So I like to do a chunk of them in the morning and then I might go back out later in the day again to enjoy the sunshine. The afternoon sun is a lot warmer and also to just finish up getting my steps and um, make sure I, I hit the number that I want. So I want you to think about that. Do you want to make any shifts in your routine that will free you up to get outside later in the day when the sun is still out and then do some of the indoor activities either earlier in the day or even later in the day after the sun goes down? And then here is the big one. This was the mistake that I didn't, the mistake that I made over the summer was that I failed to really think about how all of our schedules were changing. So if you 
live in a household with other family members and you are involved in their either their care or just, you know, you're affected by their day-to-day rhythm. How is life going to change now that it's spring? Do you have family members who play outdoor activities or outdoor sports or events? So are they out of the house more? Do you have more driving to do now because maybe your kids have activities that are picking up? So now you're out in the afternoon driving around. Are you out later, maybe cutting into dinner time? I know for us, um, well, this is very sad to say baseball season has ended in my family, but for many, many, many years, spring meant baseball season, which meant that I was posting about ideas for dinner. <laughs> You're not going to be home until nine o'clock at night. They Baseball makes for long afternoons, and I would really try to strategize so that we could have dinner ready when we come in the door starving at nine o'clock. So I don't have that anymore, which is very sad to me. However, we have other activities. We still have soccer. My kids like to golf. So they're still going to be out and about more. And so our day-to-day rhythm is going to look different. Over the winter, we really didn't have a lot going on. So everyone was home. We could have dinner early. I had a lot more time to cook. I actually really love this. This was one, this was one of my favorite things about the winter was the slower pace and having more time to plan my menu and look at recipes and make slightly more complicated recipes than I was used to making before. Not overly complicated, but really being able to enjoy it and not feel like I was just trying to pull something together to get a meal on the table. And so you may not have as much time for that in the spring and you may need to just sort of rethink, okay, you know, what's going to work for us if we are out of the house at different times than we have been over the winter. Maybe you go back to doing some more meal planning, doing a little bit more over the weekend so that you have meals ready to go. Uh, And it's a great time to communicate with your family members and really get these conversations going. Who needs what? And make sure that you're aware of it. If it involves you, make sure that they're letting you know what they need from you so that you can continue to strategize around that. And then let's talk about fun. So when we think about spring and the weather is warmer, there is more daylight, the sun is out. Okay, around here, it's going to get rainy. We're going to have to endure that for... The month of April, it's typically really rainy around here, but then the flowers come out, the grass is growing, and all these great outdoor activities resume. So what do you want to get back into this spring? What are there activities that maybe you typically do that you're going to get get back into? Are there some outdoor activities that maybe you used to do a long time ago and you haven't in a while that maybe you'd like to revisit? Or do you want to start something new? Pickleball is a really big one. It's all the rage. And I have to say it is really fun. I've played it and I'm actually thinking of joining a league, um, not a league, I'm not going to compete, but like a formal, more scheduled program around here so that I really commit to it. Um, And I still do play tennis. So I'm looking forward to playing tennis outdoors. We have a little bit more flexibility in terms of getting courts and it's just fun, um, fun to play outside in the sunshine or even after dinner when, when it cools off a little bit. So what ideas are you thinking about that you want to put in place so that you can look forward to having some fun this spring? And it doesn't necessarily have to be outdoors. You know, um, if you listen to the podcast, you know that one of the fun things we did this winter was I took a pottery class with my son, which we really loved. And that was a great activity during the winter when we didn't have a lot going on. So I know a lot of other people have gotten into that. So that's a fun idea. Are there classes in your gym that you want to get into? Do you want to go to Zumba? Do you want to go to more yoga? 
Um, do you want to do more of your hobbies, painting, knitting, reading? Reading is another one that I have gotten back into um, this past winter, which I really, really enjoyed. And I do want to keep that up. It's a great thing, a great activity that you can also do outside if you have a deck or a patio and sit outside and read in the sunshine. That's really enjoyable as well. And okay, so that's on the topic of fun. So I've talked about exercise, but I just want to highlight that again to get you thinking, do you have to make any adjustments now that your schedules might change? Or again, now that the days are a little bit longer, the daylight lasts a little bit longer, do you need to make any adjustments with your exercise plan? So what are your goals right now? What are, what's the expectation that you have for yourself? What do you want to do throughout the week? How many days a week for how long? And when do you want to fill it in? It never works to say, oh, I hope to exercise three days a week. And then just see when you can fit it in. You'll be so much more successful if you take a look at your calendar on a Sunday morning or at some point over the weekend, look at the week ahead and make an actual plan for when it is realistic for you to get your exercise in. So I encourage you to really put some thought into that. What are your current goals? They might shift. You know, you might have one set of goals during the winter and then you might change up your goals and either work a little bit more aggressively or maybe less aggressively on your fitness, depending on your circumstances. Um, but I always just want you to be intentional. Think about your goal, make a plan, and then schedule it in your calendar and let the people around you know what your intention is so that you can work around whatever they might need for you from you so that it doesn't interfere with what you're trying to do. And I would say the same thing with nutrition. So what are your goals? Are you doing anything different compared to how you did over the winter? You know, our food cravings definitely tend to change as the weather changes. We tend to crave different foods in the winter. We want warm foods, a lot of soups, cooked foods, roasted vegetables. And, you know, it makes sense. And there are a lot of benefits to kind of eating with what's in season and working with those cravings. You can still meet your nutritional and health goals, even if your cravings and preferences have changed and are leaning more towards warmer foods in the winter, you can be very successful. But you might find that you're looking towards different kinds of foods. So as it gets warmer, so you're probably going to seek more fresh vegetables, more salads, more crispy, crunchy, watery kinds of things. So I definitely find this to be true that I put away a lot of my recipes that I make in the winter. Um, I put them away during the spring and bring out new ones. We tend to grill more and um, try different salads and just, you know, I think eat a little bit lighter and more chilled foods rather than always um, warm cooked foods. So think about that. What, what goals do you have? Are they a little bit different or just how do your cravings and preferences tend to change in this new season? And how do you want to plan for that? So there you have it. Those are the topics I want you thinking about as we go into this new season, continuing to work through the time change and stabilizing your sleep working on your sleep routine so that you can really get the best quality sleep that you can, enjoying the extended periods of daylight and thinking about what you want to do outside to enjoy it, but also how you might need to make adjustments to your schedule to maximize that and also take into account your family's activities that might be changing as you go into the spring season. What are you going to plan for fun, both outdoors and indoor activities? And what are your exercise goals? Do they look a little bit different in the spring? Do they include more outdoor activity? What, what do you need to change up in your planning to accommodate that? And then same thing with your nutrition. How do your cravings and preferences change? And what do you need to plan for to accommodate those 
those new cravings. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to hear from you. If any of these categories really resonate with you or any of the ideas really jump out and you're excited to try them, send me a message. I'd always love to hear from you and know how, um, how this podcast is impacting you and helping you create greater health habits in your life. So thanks again for listening and I'll be back next week. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Healthy Habits for Life. If you loved today's episode, please follow me on iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. These are so important and will enable others like you to find this podcast. Also, please share this podcast with your friends you know would also love it so we can get the word out. Thanks again for joining me. Until next week.